What's up, guys? We're here to go over UFC 289, Nunez versus Aldana. Um, yeah, no, no results to go over just yet. Uh, we just had the week off. Um, Albazi versus uh, Kara France is a couple days from now. Um, I'm sorry, I meant to get this video out a long time ago, but uh, I got sick at the beginning of last week, like Tuesday. And it was bad, and I'm—I mean, I'm still not completely over it, but uh, yeah, I was down. I was out of there for for several days. So, <laughs> luckily, I got most of my research done on this card before it happened. That's uh, the last few fights. I really, really uh, watched all the tape. Just didn't have time to do all the notes. So, but uh, yeah, man. So, um, uh, if you're uh, if you're new to the channel, what I do is I go through and I give out all my picks. And then at the end of the video, I go over my bets for the card. Everything's free. I do all this stuff. Put it, it's on my. Uh, you can go find all my stuff on my Instagram as well. High kick underscore fight picks. If you don't, if you don't want to watch the video, just want to see my picks and my bets, you can go over there and see it there. I also post all that stuff uh, in the community tab on my YouTube channel. Um, and yeah, I'm available on Spotify, Pandora, YouTube, uh, iTunes, all that stuff. So. Um, yeah, a little bit disappointed, dude. Um, Y'all know I had a lot. I had probably a total of like $2,500 riding on Kudalice, you know, coming up in a couple of days, and he dropped out of his fight. So that seems to be how it always goes, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it seems like every week, you know, it's like the fighters that I'm most invested in just fall off. Their fight gets canceled, whatever. But uh, this is a pretty stacked card, man. A lot of really good fights on here. Um, a lot of good places to make money as well. Um, did lose quite a good, quite a few good fights. Um, how, uh, Dawadu versus Almeida would have been good. Thompson versus Piera, um, Schnell, uh, Schnell versus Dvorak. I didn't even realize that, um, Matt Schnell was out. So going to have to wing Steven Ursig, I guess. Uh, but man, I, I just went over a Steven Ursig's fight like a week ago or two weeks ago. So I kind of remember the, the just of that. Um, yeah, so. I guess let's just get into the card, man. And first up, we got David Dvorak taking on Steve Ersig. And uh, David Dvorak is he is thirty one years old, five five with a sixty eight inch reach. He is twenty and five and three and two in the UFC. Uh, yeah, David's a very experienced, well rounded uh, you know guy. He's got a pretty good pretty good record. Um, he's been competing since he was 18 years old. Uh, at one point he won like 13 in a row all by finish. Um, and up until he got to the UFC, uh, you know, he extended his win streak into the UFC to 16 before, um, before he lost his last two. So obviously very talented guy. Um, the two, that, the two guys that have beat him are some of the best flyweights, you know, in the world right now. I mean, Matuas Nicolau and Manel Kopp, um, you know, Manel Cop can't even get a fight right now. Everybody's scared of him. All his opponents run, you know, before the fights happen. So, 
Um, yeah, you know, Dvorak's first win in the UFC was his best victory um, of his career, I think. In my opinion, he beat Bruno Silva, uh, who's on a tear right now in the flyweight division. So, um, he's got really good kickboxing. He could take a shot. You know, he's only been knocked out uh, once, and it was like 30 fights ago. So, um, you know, he fights from both stances very well. He switches back and forth, you know, throw, throws lots of volume. Uh, good submission defense, pretty good takedown defense, uh, very good cardio, good front kicks to the liver. Um, this is this, this is a a fight that should be should be um, you know a, a a good a good fight for Dvorak. Um, he's taking on Steve Ersig. He is twenty seven years old, five nine with a sixty eight and a half inch reach. He's going to have a half inch uh, reach advantage. He's nine and one, and this is going to be his UFC debut. Uh, and he was supposed to fight Clayton Carpenter a couple weeks ago, man, and you know, that fight fell out. I don't know if that was Carpenter that withdrew or if it was Ursig, but uh, you know, Ursig's a pretty pretty big flyweight. He's going to have a pretty big size advantage here. Um, you know, at least with the the height and probably the size. You know, um, but uh, you know, he's a uh, you know when I, when I watched the tape on him a few weeks ago, you know, it was he seems to be a very good grappler, have good submissions. Uh, most of his fights that I watched all went the, pretty much the same way. Uh, you know, he would mess around for a little bit, get the takedown, get the submission. Um, hasn't really fought any good competition. Uh, you know, he's coming in just from, you know, eternal MMA. He hasn't fought in the contender series or anything like that. So there's a lot of unknowns with this guy, you know, no, we're not really sure what we're going to get. And because that's the case, that's why I'm not confident enough to, you know, include, you know, anybody in this fight on a parlay or, or anything like that. I'm picking, uh, Dvorak to get the win. Um, I think he's definitely better on the feet than Ersig, but, uh, you know, we just don't, it's hard to say how good, you know, Ersig's, uh, you know, grappling really is being that he hasn't fought any super high level competition or anything like that. You know, Dvorak's got the level up there, you know, he's fought the way better opponents. Um, you know, it's just a risky fight cause you're not really sure, you know, uh, how good Ersig really is. So I'm going to be picking Dvorak to get the win. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take him to win by decision just because Dvorak's got a lot of finishes on his record, but since he's been in the UFC, he hasn't been getting any finishes. So um, I'm picking him to get the win by decision. Uh, but it is a it's a scary one to put money on guys because you know we just don't know that much about Ursig yet. So uh, next up, we got Chris Dawkins taking on Khalil Roundtree, and uh, Chris Dawkins is sorry they moved it around. Uh, he is 33 years old, um, six, three with a 76 inch reach. He is 12 and six and four and three in the UFC. And, uh, you know, I was a big fan of the Dawkins brothers whenever they, you know, first came in the UFC and it's kind of, kind of sad how, you know, things went downhill for them both. Um, you know, Kyle kind of had a mixed bag of wins and losses and, you know, now he's no longer with the promotion. Um, you know, I think Chris had a really good run, you know, coming in the UFC, went in four fights in a row. I think it was all by knockout. Um, you know, they pushed him to the top too fast, in my opinion. And now he's on a three fight losing streak, you know, all knockouts. He's been knocked out three times in a row. And, uh, you know, this is going to be his light heavyweight debut. So we're not really sure. I mean, I expect him to look good, um, you know, at lightweight and, you know, once again, they've done him no favors here though. You know, he's taking on, you know, Khalil Roundtree, a very heavy hitter, you know, it's not going to be easy fight for him. Uh, he's got very heavy hands, you know, he has 10 wins by knockout on his record, he has very good boxing. Um, he's always been a small heavyweight, you know, and, and that gave him a good speed advantage, you know, at heavyweight. Uh, but, you know, his fights, 
he fights very well in the clinch, you know, with his elbows and punches. He puts out good volume, good combinations. And it's really hard for me to give you much more than that, you know, seeing seeing that he either goes out there and gets the quick knockout or gets knocked out. You know, I haven't got to see his ground game, even though I know Kyle's his brother's very talented on the ground, so I'd expect him to be pretty good himself. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing him in light heavyweight, you know, and I hope he does well. I want Dawkins to win this fight. Um, he's going to have a two-inch reach advantage, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it, and I, I hope it goes well for him. Uh, he's taking on Khalil Roundtree. He is 33 years old, uh, 6'1", with a 74-inch reach. He's 11-5 and 7-5-1 and and in the UFC. Uh, you know, Roundtree's on a good run, even though I think he, you know, he robbed Justin, uh, Dustin Jacoby in his last fight. Uh, I thought he clearly lost that fight. And, um, you know, he's got big power in his hands, nasty elbows and knees. Um, you know, we've seen him take guys out with his kicks, you know, a very good Muay Thai. Uh, Khalil has really put it together lately. You know, he used to, he used to have fights where he would kind of go out there and not throw enough volume or he would hurt guys and you let them off the hook. Um, you know, but his past three, you know, he's been pretty locked in. You know, even though I thought he lost the Jacoby fight, it was a close fight. You know, a very, you know, pretty competitive fight. Um, he's very strong, very explosive. Uh, seems like a real nice guy. If you listen to the uh, the Joe Rogan podcast he did. Um, you know, we've, we've seen him struggle at times with wrestling. I don't think that's going to be a worry in this fight. Um, he counters very well. Um, he's at his best when he's the one pushing forward and, you know, keeping his opponents on, on the back foot. Um you know, like I said, I want Dawkins to win. I'm a fan of his, um, but I got to go with Roundtree. You know, uh, if if Chris wins this fight, I'll be happy and I'll be riding with him again. But you know, after being knocked out three times in a row, you know, I I can't I can't I can't pick him, and I and I definitely can't put money on him. I'm not going to put money on either of these guys though. So <laughs> I'm going to take Khalil Roundtree to win by knockout. Um, I think the safest bets for this fight would be the you know under one and a half or the under two and a half. Um, and as far as, you know, what round do I think he wins in? I would say if I would say if he doesn't get the knockout and, you know, the first round, most likely it could go three, but we'll we'll see how it goes, man. I hope, I'm rooting for Dacus, man. Next up we got Nasserdine Imovov taking on Chris Curtis. And Nasserdine is twenty seven years old, six three with a seventy five inch reach. He is twelve and four. And four and two in the UFC, and uh, you know this is kind of a similar story here. You know, um, with Imovov, you know, uh, you know he he got some good wins. He's very talented. He got pushed up to the top, you know, really fast. Uh, ended up fighting Sean Strickland and couldn't get anything going in that fight. You know, he didn't get finished, but he did look horrible. And uh, he has good striking. He's a big guy for the weight class. Um, you know, he moves very light on his feet, a lot like Cyril Gaon does. I believe they train together. Uh, you know, he can go three rounds, hasn't really finished anybody with his hands, you know, in the UFC. I think he, uh, I think he, uh, won, uh, with his, with his knee and with elbows, uh, from the crucifix. Um, remember who that was? Ian Hine. Oh no, it was Edmund Shabazian he beat. And, you know, Ed, Edmund Shabazian's a pretty tough guy. Um, so, uh, he, you know, he moves in and out of the pocket very well, uses jab very well, um, you know, he has a pretty good takedown defense. Uh, I don't think he's going to have to worry about that in this fight, though. Um, he uses good front kicks. You know, he's very good at controlling the range, and he fights very long. So um, this is definitely a winnable fight for him. Um, he's taking on Chris Curtis. He's 35 years old, 5'10", with a 75-and-a-half-inch reach. And even though Curtis is really short, or way shorter than, than uh, you know, Imovov, uh, he's going to have a half-inch reach advantage. And he is 30-and-10. 
and four and two in the UFC. Uh, so yeah, Chris is Sean Strickland's teammate, so I'm sure they they know what they're supposed to do, and they probably have a good game plan. Um, you know, Chris has good boxing, great counter striking, KO power in both of his hands, and I really want to pick Chris here, you know. But if he goes out there and you know he fights like he normally does, uh, I think he's going to lose the fight. You know, if he if he doesn't go out, you know, um, if he doesn't go out and put out a lot of volume, you know, sometimes he tends to sit back and kind of wait for guys to make a mistake. And uh, but Imovov is so good at getting in and out of the pocket and using his range well that that if Chris, I think he'll pick Chris apart. You know if Chris fights that way, and that tends to be how he fights most of the time. Um, you know both of these guys can take a punch. I uh, have Imovov getting the win by decision uh, by getting you know just kind of outvaluing Curtis and staying out of harm's way. Um, I want Curtis to win this fight, but like I said, his style of fighting and the way he fights, I think plays in, you know, really well for, for Imabov. So next up, we got Eamon Zahabi taking on a Corey Lang. I guess that's how you say it. So I'm, I'm probably not saying his name right, but I thought he had, I thought his name used to be a Corey Lang. Hey Lee or something like that. And now it's just a Corey Lang, but, um, so Eamon Zahabi is 35 years old. He's five, eight with a 68 inch reach. He is nine and two and three and two in the UFC. And, uh, you know, if you don't know who this guy is, um, he's Varas Sahabi's brother and Varas is the guy who coached GSP and a lot of really good fighters up in Canada. Um, I'm actually pretty high on this guy. You know, he caught a lot of criticism in the past because he lost a few fights and he wasn't very active. Um, but he's put it, put it together pretty well, man. He's looked very good in his last two fights showing that, you know, he can fight smart and has a very high ring IQ. Um, he uses lots of movement on the feet, you know, um, pretty good at, pretty good at, at setting traps on guys, you know, and landing good strikes, you know, um, even though he likes to mostly strike, I think he, he does have a pretty good ground game. We just haven't got a chance to see it yet in the UFC. Um, he's very, those fast punches and combinations, um, you know, he has good striking defense. He covers up well when shots are coming at him, uh, he comes out kind of slow, and he gets a feel for you know what his opponents are going to do, and uh, he has a very powerful over right hand, uh, overhand right, sorry, and uh, he was a big underdog in his last win against uh, Ricky Tercios. You know he stayed out of the way and countered and just landed the better shots and stuffed the takedowns and got the win. Um, and he the before that he knocked out um, knocked out knocked out Draco Rodriguez. And that was a pretty impressive, pretty impressive knockout. Um, Everyone on Tapology is going with the Corey Lang uh, in this fight. I'm not sure why. Maybe they haven't done the research or whatever, but uh, I don't quite understand the one-sidedness of it all. Let's take a look at it. Yeah, 62% are going with the Corey Lang. And uh, he is 29 years old. He's 5'7 with a 69.3 reach. So he's got a little over a reach or an inch reach advantage. Um, he's 24 and 9 and 2 and 2 in the UFC. And yeah, this guy's very experienced, very tough, you know, but to me, there's a difference between, you know, Zahabi being in a world-class gym with guys like GSP his whole life and guys that are training with GSP and a guy who has a bunch of regional fights in China over guys that probably aren't all that good, um, you know, but, but he has improved quite a bit since being in the UFC, you know, he looked good in his last two fights, um, you know, but his wins have been over guys that haven't gotten a win in the UFC either. So that's something to consider as well. Um, you know, you gotta you gotta think about that that based on the tape that I've been watching, 
I don't think there's any any way that he's going to be able to take Zahabi down. Um, Zahabi has very good takedown defense. Um, I'm not sure Zahabi has ever been taken down in the UFC, but I only watched uh, three of the three of his fights. So in the, that are in the UFC anyway, other than some of his early ones that I've seen before. Um, you know, here's the deal: Zahabi is a plus one fifteen underdog uh, at this time, and and uh, I would I would jump on him. You know, I did. That's one of my plays this week. So. I think he has a very good shot at winning this fight. And um, I don't know if he gets a finish in this fight. I think maybe it's more of a decision because, uh, you know, Corey Lang's pretty tough, man. You know, he hasn't been finished in the UFC. But uh, I think it's going to be a pretty pretty exciting fight as well. And next up, we got Blake Builder taking on Kyle Nelson. Excuse me, I'm going to grab some water. Builder is 32 years old, 5'8", with a 68.5-inch reach. He is 8-0-1 and 1-0 in the UFC. And, uh, yeah, Blake Blake is pretty good. You know, they're giving him they're giving him an easy fight here, in my opinion. Um, I wasn't very high on him coming into the UFC, but he looked pretty good in his debut. And uh, he's a pretty big guy as far as, as far as muscle goes. You know, he's a, a BJJ black belt. Um, he was a champion in, um, who was he fighting for before? Uh, Cage Fury. Yeah, he was a. It was the uh, featherweight champion in Cage Fury. Um, you know, and also he was a champion in uh, Golden Gloves boxing. Um, you know, he's undefeated. Um, you know, through his professional and amateur career, uh, fights pretty safe. Moves side to side, counters, has good takedowns and grappling. Um, you know, he does need to throw more volume on the feet, in my opinion. But you know, I say that, but he looked pretty good in his last fight. Um, but uh, th- this should be a pretty good matchup for him, in my opinion. He's going to have the grappling advantage all day for sure if he wants to use it. And he's taking on Kyle Nelson. He is 32 years old, 5'11", with a 71-inch reach. He's going to have a uh, inch-and-a-half reach advantage here. And uh, he's 13-5-1 and five, uh, and 1-4-1 one, and one in the UFC. You know, so Kyle always has a puncher's chance. He does hit really hard, very powerful. Um, not really sure how he managed to get a draw in his last fight. I thought he clearly, uh, clearly lost that fight. Oh, he's going to have a two and a half inch reach advantage. My bad. I read that wrong. And, uh, if he can use it, you know, I think that would serve him well. Um, if he wants to win this fight, he's going to have to, uh, keep it on the feet and really walk builder down and cut off the cage. And I just don't see him getting the win here. Uh, you know, unless he just lands a big shot out of nowhere. Um, I'm going to take builder to get the win by third round submission. Uh, I think he's probably going to be smart about it and and keep it on the feet for a little bit and get Kyle Nelson focused on, you know, the stand-up, and then he's probably going to shoot a takedown and take this guy down. Next up, we got uh, Diana Belbita taking on Maria Oliveira. And uh, uh, Belbita is 26 years old, 5'7", with a 68-inch reach. She is 14-7 and seven and 1-3 and in the UFC. Uh, so she's one of the few Romanian fighters in the UFC. Uh, I like her striking. Um, she was a national kickboxing champion in Romania. Uh, she has struggled a bit with the submission defense in the past. You know, she throws nice leg kicks. Um, this is more of her style of fight, I think, than some of the other fights she's had. Um, I'm pretty sure this fight's going to mostly be on the feet. Both of these girls like to strike. Um, you know, she throws good knees in the clinch. Uh, you know, this fight could probably go either way. You know, there wasn't, there's not a whole lot that I've seen for me to really, you know, talk highly of out of these two. 
uh, aside from, you know, both of them being very tough and, and like, just, you know, like to go out there and strike and battle. But, um, she's taking on Maria Oliveira. She is 26 years old, five, six with a 69 inch reach. She's going to have an inch reach advantage, uh, 13 and six and one and two in the UFC. And, uh, she's got pretty good Muay Thai. She's very tough. Um, like I said, she's going to have the reach advantage. Uh, they both have really bad takedown defense. I think it's a pick em on this fight. Let me see. Pretty sure it's still a pick em. Yeah, basically a pick em. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, like I said, I think this fight could probably go either way. I think it's going to play out mostly on the feet. Um, in my opinion, I like Belbita's striking more than Oliveira's. Um, Oliveira might have a power advantage, uh, but I don't think you know either of these girls are finishing anybody in the UFC. So um, I'll take I'll take Belbita to get the win. Uh, I think if money does come in, I'm pretty sure Belbita will be the one that's the underdog. A lot of people on Tapology seem to like Oliveira. Yeah, they're going 73% Oliveira. So I'll take Belbita, man. Y'all know I like to take those underdogs. Not afraid to. Uh, next up we got Jasmine Jazdavicious taking on Miranda Maverick and uh, Jasmine is 34 years old 5'7 with a 68 inch reach she's 8 and 2 and 2 and 1 in the UFC and I took Jasmine in her last fight you know as a dog and uh, she got the win looked pretty good uh, stuck to the game plan uh, she has pretty good grappling good cardio she's going to have a 2.5 inch reach advantage here uh, she's going to be the bigger, longer fighter here. But unfortunately for her, I don't think she will have the advantage anywhere in this fight. You know, uh, she has good grappling, but she's not going to, she's not going to outgrapple Miranda Maverick. Um, and which is the way she'll have to win this fight. Um, you know, like I said, if she's going to win, she needs to get the takedowns and just win the rounds or get a submission. But I feel like that's a little too much too soon for her. Honestly, uh, Miranda Maverick has been around a while and she's very impressive. And this is a big step up for Jasmine, man. A little bit too quick in my opinion. Uh, Miranda is 25 years old. She's 5'3 with a 65 and a half inch reach. She is 11 and 4 and 6 and 2 in the UFC. And yeah, Maverick's very, very well rounded. She lost to Blanchfield, but there's no shame in that. Blanchfield's an amazing fighter. Um, I thought Maverick won the barber fight, but you know whatever. It was a, it was a split decision. Um, she has great submissions. She's kind of short and stocky. Um, very strong. Good Muay Thai. Great grappling. She uh, she trains up in Colorado, so you know the cardio is on point. And I think she's better everywhere the fight goes, so uh, I'm sure most everybody agrees. Um, I'm going to be taking Mar Maverick to get the win by decision. Uh, probably safe to bet, you know, the over 2.5, over 1.5 on this. You know, most women's fights are pretty good for that. Next up, we got Mike Mallett taking on Adam Fugit. I like this fight. I like both of these guys. Uh, Mike Mallett is 31 years old, 6'1", with a 73-inch reach. He is 9-1-1 and 2-0 and in the UFC. And, uh, yeah, Mallott's very um, very well-rounded, great submissions, big power in his hands. Um, you know, his fights so far in the UFC haven't been against super high-level competition, in my opinion, but he's looked very good in those fights, um, you know, as he should. He's, a, you know, a really good prospect. And uh, this fight this fight could be fight of the night, probably, man. I, I really like both of these guys. Um, you know, all of Mallet's wins have been by finish. You know, most of them in the first round, pretty much. I think he's only ever been out of the first round one time. He's very tough. I mean, he's fighting at home here, so the crowd's going to be backing him. 
Um, he has great footwork, you know. Um, we just don't know what the cardio is going to look like. Is my big question with him in this fight. You know, um, he's he hasn't been out of the first round, and uh, you know, honestly, in the like in the Mickey Gall fight, he was looking pretty tired. You know, but he got the knockout, of course. But um, you know, very good left hook. He knocked out Mickey Gall with that. Uh, he starts in southpaw in a lot of his fights, but he often switches back to orthodox. Uh, not sure why he does that. Um, it's going to be a, a lot of people. Everybody's going with Mallet in this in this spot. So um, he's taking on Adam Fugit. He is thirty four years old. He's six one with a seventy seven inch reach. He is nine and three and one and one in the UFC. And you know, I think this guy is very underrated. You know, he fought Michael Morales in his debut on very short notice and made a good account of himself. Um, and I took him as a dog in his last fight, man. And, uh, you know, he showed, he showed the more to be the more well, uh, well-rounded fighter. You know, he went out there, he got the takedown and finished the guy with elbows from the mount. Um, you know, he has five wins by knockout and, uh, three wins by submission on his record. Um, he throws a lot of kicks, you know, good volume with the hands, uh, lots of feints, um, good trip takedowns, killer ground and pound. You know, I definitely think there's a path to victory for Adam here, man. And, uh, you know, he needs to go out there and do exactly what he did in his last fight, and that's get the takedown, you know, get the clinch, get the takedown, tire Mallet out, and take Mallet, uh, Mallet into the later rounds. And I think he can get the win. You know, uh, he has a four-inch reach advantage here, so he'll be able to, you know, play from the outside if he has to. Um, so either, you know, Malat catches him in the first round or Fugit wins, you know, the later rounds. And I'll take the risk on Fugit, man. I like I like him. I think he's a very talented fighter. Um, I'm going to take him to win by decision. But he, you know, it's either decision or a late submission, in my opinion. Next up, we got Dan Ige taking on Nate Landwehr. This is going to be a probably fight of the night. Very exciting fight. Um, <clears throat> sorry, still not over it completely. <laughs> uh, Dan Ige is thirty-one years old, five-seven with a seventy-one-inch reach. He's 16 and six and eight and five in the UFC. And, uh, he's been around the top of the division for a long time. You know, he's only lost to the best guys in the weight class. Um, he made short work of Damon Jackson his last time out, which is pretty impressive because Damon was on a pretty good run at that point. Um, he has big power in his hands, you know, and it just goes to show that, you know, just because some of these guys lose to, you know, the guys at the top of the division, they're still levels above most, you know, Damon looked pretty, pretty unstoppable for three or four fights there. And then Danny gave, you know, just ran right through him. And, uh, and when Dan gets in the pocket, he does serious damage. Um, he has five-round cardio. He does not get tired. Uh, likes to dig shots to the body. Great uppercuts and dirty boxing in the clinch. Good takedown defense. Um, you know, he puts out good volume as well. You know, he looked very good in his last fight. He didn't take a lot of damage at all. Um, he has five wins by knockout, five by submission on his record. Um, his head movement looked way better in his last fight as well. And uh, this is not a guy who's going to gas out like, you know, uh, the the – Nate's opponents that he's had, like his past three opponents have all gassed out before the first round was over. So uh, he's taking on Nate Landwehr. He is 35 years old, 5'9", with a 70 and a half inch reach. So Dan's only going to have a half inch reach advantage. Um, Nate's 17 and 4 and 4 and 2 in the UFC. And uh, Nate's a really tough guy, man. His best weapon is his cardio and his forward pressure. Um, he's on a three fight win streak. Uh, but the people he beat, like I said, all gassed out in the first round. And, uh, you know, David Onama looked like he knocked Nate out and then woke him back up when he hit him again. <laughs> so, and then Nate came back and won the fight. It was very impressive. And, uh, he's got a lot of experience. He was fighting tough Russian guys over an M1 before the UFC. Um, he's very well-rounded. I, I don't think he's going to be able to take Ige down here though. 
Um, Nate mixes up his kicks and punches very well, throws a lot of strikes. You know, he does get hit a lot and he doesn't care. You know, he just goes out there and tries to cause damage. Um, he could take a punch for sure. Uh, he has pretty good submission defense. Um, he's looked better each time we've seen him. Good elbows in the clinch. Um, you know, just pushes a really tough pace on guys. And, uh, you know, he has a really nice anaconda choke. Uh, you know, the way I see this fight playing out is, you know, I think Nate's forward pressure is actually going to play into Dan Ige's game pretty well. Um, Dan's very accurate, you know, with his punches, he fights very well in the pocket and Dan has the cardio to go three rounds, you know, even five rounds, you know, pretty much no problem. So I think Dan's going to get a second round TKO here, first round. So I got Dan Ige to get the win. Next up, we got Eric Anders taking on Marc-Andre Berriol. And this could be a pretty good fight as well. Um, I like both of these guys. Uh, Eric Anders is 36 years old, uh, 6'1 with a 75-inch reach. He's going to have an inch reach advantage. Um, he's 15 or 15 and 7 and 7, 7 and 1 in the UFC. Um, you know, Eric's a big guy with, you know, tons of potential, you know. Uh, you know, very, very good athlete, explosive. You know, I think sometimes it's more his mentality with him that cost him some of his fights. Um, he came out a few times and just didn't throw enough or was just too cautious. Um, you know, we saw his last time out, you know, his, his power in, in that fight, man, he dropped Dawkins a lot of times, uh, you know, and, you know, when, whenever Eric's on, you know, he can really beat, beat anybody, you know, um, but that's when he's on, you know, and just never know what you're going to get with him. So, you know, he's been doing a lot of grappling competitions here lately, uh, you know, working on that part of his game. And I'm definitely an Anders fan. I think he's a really cool dude. Nice guy. Um, I always want him to win. Uh, and I thought he won the park fight as well. You know, a lot of people agreed with me on that. Um, he does tend to slow down in the third round quite a bit. Um, his striking has looked a lot better. Um, not the fastest on the feet, uh, but but very powerful. And uh, in order to win this fight, he needs to be the one pushing forward. He needs to get an early finish. Um, and uh, like I said, he's going to have a, a slight reach advantage. He's taking on Marc-Andre Berriol. He is 33 years old, 6'1", with a 74-inch reach. He is 15-6 and six and 4-5-1 and one in the UFC. And uh, this is another guy whose cardio is his best weapon. He constantly pushes forward. He throws a lot of volume. He keeps guys up against the cage. Um, you know, he'll, tear, he'll really wear guys down you know, quick, trying to get takedowns and keeping them up against the cage in the clinch. Um, he has big power when he gives himself enough space to use it. Um, but he mostly kind of overwhelms fighters. You know, as we saw that in his last fight, he just kind of overwhelmed him and was just throwing tons and tons of little punches, uppercuts, you know, elbows, everything, just back to back, not stop. Didn't stop for like a minute and a half straight, you know? And, uh, what else? You know, honestly, when I first was going to break this fight down, I thought I was going to find a way to pick Eric Anders. Um, that's who I wanted to pick, but, but after watching the tape, man, Mark's style is kind of tailor-made to beat, you know, Anders. It's the perfect game plan for Anders. Um, you know, I don't think he finishes Anders. He's, you know, Anders is very tough, but I do think Mark wins the decision. Um, I think he's going to wear on Anders and, you know, eventually get him down or could just control him up against the cage and, you know, fight him in the clinch. And, you know, unless La Anders uh, lands a big, big shot early. But I think Burial's going to get the win by decision, unanimous. Maybe Eric has a good first round, but Barry Alt's going to take over, you know, in the second and third. Next up, we got the co-main event. Taking uh, Charles Oliveira, taking on ben, uh, Benil Dariush. This is going to be a really good fight, man. Uh, 
and I told y'all, I, I mean, I told y'all probably, I don't even know how long ago it was, a month or two ago, they had this lineup on this fight. And, uh, you know, I told y'all I went ahead and put a play on Darius. Um, you know, and I figured the line would move, you know, and that he would be a bigger favorite, but it's basically stayed the same, you know, like a minus 120. Um, it's kind of a scary fight to bet. I don't know why. I just had a kind of a gut instinct to jump on that line, and it's been sitting there. So, um, Charles Oliveira is 33 years old. He's 5'10 with a 74 inch reach. He's 33 and 9 and 21, 9 and 1 in the UFC. And it's an amazing record. You know, he's a legend. Great Muay Thai, some of the best jiu jitsu in the sport. He hits very hard, well rounded. Um, you know, he does tend to get dropped a lot in his fights, but he usually comes back and gets the win. Uh, you know, let's look at his record, man. You know, he's fought everybody, you know, and he's got a hell of an impressive resume, man. You know, at one point he was on a, and how, what, how many fights in a row did he win? Was it like a 10 fight win streak? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven fight win streak where he lost to uh, Makachev. He, he's beat Justin Gaethje, Dustin Poirier, Michael Chandler, Tony Ferguson, Kevin Lee, uh, Jared Gordon, Nick Lentz, Jim Miller, Christos Diagos, Clay Guida. Um, you know, he lost to Paul Felder, um, lost to Ricardo Lamas, Anthony Pettis, Max Holloway. That was a 145. Um, you know, most of his losses were at, you know, 145. So, you know, he lost to Frankie Egger back in the day, Cub Swanson, Donald Cerrone, uh, you know, Jim Miller. Didn't he lose to Conor McGregor, too, I thought? Am I wrong? Uh, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Must be somebody else I was thinking of. Yeah, I mean, he's fought everybody, and uh, can't ever count him out at all. And I think he's going to be pretty hungry coming into this fight. Um, he's taking on Vanille Dariush. You know, he's 34 years old, 5'10", with a 72-inch reach, so Charles is going to have a 2-inch reach advantage. Um, he's 22, four and one and 16, four and one in the UFC. And, uh, you know, he's on an eight fight win streak right now. You know, he's a BJJ black belt, very high level jujitsu as well. Um, he was like a, a champion and, and he's, I think he was one, one, uh, one championships at Brown belt, black belt, uh, several, several high level um, jiu-jitsu competitions. Um, his striking has looked a lot better. He's very powerful. Um, he made Gamrot look like he didn't belong in there with him. Um, he, you know, was very good at just kind of reversing what, what, um, Gamrot was doing. And when Gamrot would try those leg picks, you know, he would, he would, uh, reverse them every time and kind of, and, and sweep him or, or lock, try to lock in a leg walk, a leg lock, which would, would make Gamrot, you know, you know, panic and, and go somewhere else and try to get away from, Try to get his leg away from Darius and uh, his wrestling's really good as well, man. He's very talented, and you know, after watching the tape on him, man, uh, you know, I think I think he's gonna win this fight, um, and I think he's got a really good style, man. To uh, I think the only two people that give Makachev problems right now, you know, at the at that are that are in the lightweight division, as far as I guess. Most people in, in the division, I think the only two that really have a good shot at getting the win um, are Dariush and uh, Armand Sarukian. 
Um, and those are the two guys, like I said, that are in like the top 10 that, that I feel like have a chance. I'm sure there's other guys out there that are pretty good. I'd like to see, uh, I'd like to see Kudalice fight, you know, Makachev and stuff like that. He's very talented, but he's got to get a few more wins. But um, I like Darius' style. I think um, his wrestling is good enough to get Charles down if he wants. But I think he's got the power to really hurt Charles on the feet. And as long as he can uh, stay out of Charles' guard, I think he'll be good. But you know, Darius is a very high-level, you know, jiu-jitsu guy himself. I don't, I don't know if he's going to get submitted. You know, um, he's looked amazing here lately. I think it's his time. I think he's a, I think he's going to end up fighting Makachev for the belt. That's a fight that I would be too scared to put money on, man. But I think Darius has got a good shot at winning that fight. Next up, we got Amanda Nunes taking on Irene Aldana, and. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, this one's kind of on short notice. I know Nunez was supposed to fight um, uh, Pene again, or what was her freaking name? <laughs> yeah, Jessica Jessica Pene, um, or Juliana Pene. Uh, and I guess she dropped out, and now uh, Irene Aldana steps in. I don't know how short a notice, but Aldana was training for another fight, so you know maybe not... Maybe not too too bad. Maybe not just kind of a, a wrench in the in the game plan or whatever. But um, you know, Nunez is thirty five years old. She's five eight with a sixty nine inch reach. She's twenty two and five and fifteen and two in the UFC. And uh, you know, she's she's a legend. She's uh, you know the goat of women's MMA. At least that's what most people say. I still like Valentina. I know she lost her last fight, but. Uh, Nunez lost a fight too, so it happens. Um, you know, maybe she needed that loss to start start taking things, you know, more seriously. So, um, but she she looked very impressive, you know, in the in the rematch, and uh, she's very well rounded. She has big power in her hands, you know. hasn't I guess she's kind of been getting more so submissions as lately, but more than knockouts. But um, she tends to just be better everywhere the fight goes, man. Than all of her opponents. Um, you know, maybe uh, maybe she was slacking a little bit, and that's how she lost that fight. But she's solid. She has good grappling, good submissions, good takedown defense, good takedowns, uh, very good Muay Thai, good knees, elbows in the clinch, all that stuff, man. And let's look at her record. She's got 13 wins by knockout and four by submission. And uh, now she beat... Uh, Juliana Pinay, um, Megan Anderson. That's not really an impressive win to me, but she did. She did just run right through her. Uh, Felisa Spencer, uh, Jeraen Durandamy, Holly Holm knocked Holly Holm out. Knocked Chris Cyborg out. Uh, knocked out uh, Raquel Pennington. Um, went to a split decision with Valentina Shevchenko, and uh, you know knocked out Ronda Rousey. There's tons of finishes on her record, man. You know, very impressive. And uh, I would really like to see the rematch with her and Shevchenko. And uh, she's taking on Irene Aldana. She is 35 years old. She's 5'9", uh, with a 68 and a half inch reach. Um, she has had a little bit of trouble making weight. Uh, you know, she missed weight uh, in her last fight. Came in a couple pounds over. She's 14 and six and seven and four in the UFC. And uh, you know, she's pretty tough. You know, good Mexican boxer. You know, very, uh, you know, pretty powerful. She's gotten a few finishes. Uh, well, the, uh, the last one was up kick to the liver, but, uh, she's got some knockouts in the UFC. Let's take a look at, at, you know, the competition she's faced, you know, and though, 
uh, Macy Chesson. Uh, I don't, I don't consider her super high level. Uh, I don't know if that fight was at 145 or 135. Uh, it's probably 135 since it was her last fight. Um, Yana Santos, that was an impressive finish. Uh, she lost to Holly Holm not too long ago. Um, knocked out Caitlin Vieira. That's impressive. Uh, Vanessa Mello lost to Raquel Pennington. Um, lost to Caitlin Chukagian. Lost to Leslie Smith. Uh, you know, not not totally convinced in my mind. I know that the, there's not a whole lot going on at the top of the the women's you know, featherweight and bantamweight division, but um, you know, in my opinion, I think Holly Holm should be fighting Amanda Nunes right now, even more so than Aldana would. But I guess I guess Aldana got a couple finishes, so that's that makes her more exciting, and maybe that's the reason that they bumped her up and gave her the shot on short notice. Um, I don't know, you know, whatever, but, you know, um, I think if Amanda Nunes wants to, she'll be able to get the fight to the ground. Not sure she's going to need to or want to, um, Aldana might put out the, you know, more volume might land more strikes. I think Nunes is probably going to be more powerful. Um, I think Nunes is going to get, you know, win this fight. You know, I know, um, not a whole lot of people are wanting to put money on her anymore after, after the loss she had, but. I think she's going to be better everywhere the fight goes. Like I said, man, and I don't know, I don't know if Eldana has ever been five rounds. Um, so I'm thinking probably a late finish for Nunez, uh, maybe a fourth or fifth round submission. Um, you know, she's not as big of a favorite as she she used to be a minus seven hundred, minus one thousand favorite, and I think she's like a minus three hundred now, so or a minus three fifty. Um, but yeah, man, that. That's uh that's it for my picks, guys. Uh, sorry if I sound like crap. And as far as uh as far as my bets go, um, you know there will probably be, um, <clears throat> probably be uh you know any if any prop bets or anything. Obviously the props aren't out yet. Um, so if any of that is, I'll be posting those later on. Um, and for the most part, I put together uh, a couple of parlays. You know uh. I usually have a lot more parlays than this. I didn't not not writing everything up. I mean, some of them I reverse my picks on and all kinds of stuff. I just get creative. But uh, so as far as my plays go, I got a play on Eamon Zahabi at plus one fifteen. Uh, that's a, a one unit play. I got a one unit play on Benil Dariush at minus one twenty. Um, I've got a two man parlay of Builder and Ige. It's a plus one thirteen. I got a half unit on that. Um, and then my, as far as my uh, bigger parlays go, I got a. Uh, Zahabi, Builder, Maverick, Ige, Burial. That's plus nine twenty-seven. Uh, don't have a ton of money on that, like a hundred bucks. Um, and then I added Imavov and Nunez to that, and that's plus uh, two thousand three hundred seventeen. And then uh, I made another one with all those, and then I added Fugit, and that's a plus six thousand four hundred forty-nine. And uh, I'm sure I'll have a Hail Mary parlay and all that, which. Y'all can put that together yourself out of my picks. So, uh, I appreciate you guys, man. And I'm sorry for, sorry if I'm sounding like crap. Sorry if this video is not quite up to par as far as all the information goes and everything, but I just wanted to get it out because I've been feeling like crap and I just didn't want to put it off any longer. Um, looking forward to this upcoming card in a few days. Uh, Albazi versus Care France. Um, let's look at it real quick because some stuff's changed. Just in case I don't need to know anything. Um, so 
obviously I had a ton of money riding on Kudalice and he, he dropped out. So I had a, I had a two man parlay of Kudalice and Albazi. Um, so now that's just to play on Elbazi unless I cash it out and put my money on somebody else, but I'm probably just going to keep it on Elbazi. Um, told you I had a small play on Victor Altamoreno, small play on, uh, Nirmaga Madoff, a couple of underdog plays. Um, Jamie Malarkey's opponent has been switched to, um, I'm not really sure how to say it. Muhammad, Muhammad or Muhammad, uh, Naimov. And, uh, I'm still going to go with, you know, Malarkey on this fight, but really only because, uh, you know, Namov's taken this on such a short notice. Um, he's a very talented guy and everything. Um, I just think Malarkey's had the full camp and I don't know. doesn't, uh, Naimov usually fight at featherweight, I believe. So he's going to be up a weight class too. And Malarkey's going to have a pretty good size advantage. So, um, uh, not putting any money on it. You know, uh, too many unknowns, but I, I'm going to go ahead and uh, pick Malarkey on that. And uh, John Casaneda's opponent is out. And uh, I guess these are two guys from the same country, the two guys that jumped in. Um, and this guy's name is Muin uh, Gafarov. And uh, kind of torn on this one, man, because, you know, Gafarov is a pretty, pretty talented guy. Um, but I think I'm still going to go with Casaneda on that fight. Uh, I was pretty confident in Castaneda winning his fight before, but now not so much. Uh, I don't know if I wouldn't put a straight play on him. I might have him mixed into some parlays and stuff, but, uh, but yeah, not, not super confident in that anymore. Um, and as far as everything else, it looks like it's all, all still the same, man. You know, I'm, I'm sweating this card guys. Cause <laughs> one of y'all pointed out to me after I did my video, you're like, you're pick six underdogs. I'm like, yeah, well, I'm not scared. <laughs> uh, and I put money on two of them. And uh, this is one of those cards that either is going to go very, very well or or very bad. So uh, a lot more confidence in the pay-per-view card coming up. But this one, <laughs> don't know, man. Uh, I'm either going either gonna to pick half the fights wrong and none of my bets will hit or <laughs> I don't know. But uh but yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. Excited to get back to some fights. And uh, as far as anything else, man, uh, I'm not going to do the competition on on this video because uh, we still haven't got only a couple of people who's tried to win uh, on the other video for the uh, Albazi Care France card. Uh, so I'll do the contest again on my next show after I after I see if anybody won on this one. So, um. But yeah, man, that's it for me, guys. I really appreciate it. Thank you all. I'm up over 250 subscribers now, so happy about that. I uh, appreciate all the support, and uh, I love bullshitting with you guys. Uh, yeah, man, that's it for me, man. Thank you. Please like and subscribe, and I'll see you guys next week, man.